professionally since 2014 so about nine years I would say at this point prior to training dogs I was owning and training horses I got into dog training because I owned a Bernadoodle so I got him when I was about 19 I believe and he was like my first dog that I got as like an adult and he was cute so I got a doodle <laughs> And um, I had absolutely no idea what to do with him. He had a very strong personality, uh, very dominant dog. And I don't use the word dominant lightly. I only use it when it's actually accurate. And that was Cash. And I figured if I knew how to train horses, could dogs really be that different? Um, they are different. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's some things that are similar, but a lot of things that are different. And so... I went through a couple different trainers um, with him, and I did some positive-only training first. That's kind of everyone's first stop, I think, because mm -hmm. that's, like, the most easily accessible. There's, like, an abundance of those. Mm -hmm. Started there with him. That did not work. Um, he was not food-motivated in the sense that, like, if, if, if it was, like, a trade-off, he was not going to do it. So it's like, would he take food from you? Yes. But if you, you needed to require something of him to mm. get the food, he said, then I don't care enough. <laughs> Never mind. No thanks. Um, he also was <laughs> uh, performing a lot of behaviors. Not only was he just not complying to any, like, commands that I needed him to learn, he was also um, a lot of nuisance behaviors of, like, jumping up on the counters. I remember one training consultation I had, cash who was six months old and already about like 60 pounds at that point, was up on my countertops just walking around. Just fully on the countertops. And the trainer was like, you just allow him to do that? And I said, then you get him down. And she tried to get him down and he bit her. So. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, six months. Oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah. You guys have probably never heard this side of Cash no, before, have I you? I never knew he was like this. Yes. Yeah. He was a little gremlin. Nor would I have ever guessed. Yeah. I know. Um, now he's like my soul dog. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what I would do without him. But yeah, he was a, he was a terrible dog. Um, I tried a lot of Caesar techniques. Listen, I like Caesar Milan, but that didn't work very well for me either. <laughs> um, I ended up with like more of an old school trainer that was more like yank and crank type style. Um, so I went from like one extreme to the other and that did not work very well either because once you started like confrontation with cash, he was like, okay, fine, we're fighting now. And so then it just spiraled out of that, out of control from there. Um, he bit that trainer as well. And then that trainer said that like, oh, at such a young age, if he's, you know, biting and drawing blood, like... There's just no hope for him, so I really think you should consider putting him down. Somebody told me that, and I said, eh, I don't think that sounds right. So thankfully, I did not take their advice. 
And eventually I found a company um, with e-collars that worked pretty well and started working with him that way. Um, and then from there, that just kind of opened the world to professional dog training and kind of stepped through it. And now the last few years, I've acquired a few more dogs. I got my Dutch Shepherd. Um, I got a little Chihuahua. <laughs> and um, when I met my husband, he also had two dogs at the time, a pit mix and then like a hound mix as well. Um, and so of course with my own personal dogs, I've implemented a lot of my own training and, and kind of learned from them and through them. And then also obviously with experiencing like different seminars and mentorships and um, different things as well, expanded my knowledge that way too. And I've been with Miracle now since, when did I? 2021? <clears throat> yeah, the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Are those trainer like the trainers that you were talking about? Mm -hmm. Were you working for them at that time, or the, mm -hmm. you just went I was a through client. those? Okay. Yeah, so I've seen like both sides of being mm -hmm. a client, um, and then also <clears throat> being like the trainer, mm -hmm. and so. And yeah. so with Cash, you went through what? How many was that? Three. Yeah. Three trainers. Yeah, three different trainers. Yep, thankfully I didn't give up. And mm -hmm. it's it's like very frequent now that I end up with clients that they're like, oh, you're like my third or fourth stop. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty sad <laughs> to see um, how long it takes people to find like good quality training. Yeah. And also like how many people probably don't persist right. beyond many... that and being like, I guess it's just not going to work. Yeah. Or, you know, my dog's hopeless. And how frustrating it is when to be told that you should put a dog down mm -hmm. just simply because the trainer does not have the skill set to help yes. you. Yes. Like just if you they can't do their if job. you can't do it, just say that. Uh -huh. <laughs> like yes, are there some dogs that are just truly bad dogs? Yes. You know what I mean, and are dangerous, a huge liability, things like that. Even yes. If you're gonna be a trainer that does that. I feel like there's like give other options as well. You know, yeah. I'd be like, all right, yes, I can do it, or maybe they're is a dog that is really struggling or something, you know, but then just be, you know, do your own research as a trainer. You should know yeah. other help, you know? Exactly. But Yeah, so I think that that's always frustrating. I mean, I have a client right now. I have a number of clients that have been told to put their dogs down. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just baffling to me that somebody would immediately be so quick to recommend that like to me that's like my absolute last choice mm -hmm. scenario there are some times that I put that on the table for people because of the situation the lifestyle the dog whatever but I, that would never ever be like my first go-to yeah, yeah it's like I don't and know what to do option, I guess you should know. just kill it right <laughs> it's like what that's what I mean yeah to have that is like your only option that you're giving the client yeah that's crazy it's very bold. Mm -hmm. It's bold of you to think that you are clearly so all-knowing that you know that there's nothing else in the world that you could yeah. possibly do other than put down a dog. Yeah. That's a, it's our job is to literally help these people right. and these dogs <laughs> to try to get better. Right. And if you can't do it, then find someone else that can. Well, especially in the case or of like a six-month-old puppy. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, come on. Well, and I'm sure now looking back at it, I'm sure you probably could have picked that apart and been like, well, 
you did this wrong, you did this wrong. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean? So for right. sure, it's like obviously he bit so it's you. Something else. Like, it's just it comes with experience, you know, yeah. just knowing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and then what's crazy is like once I had him properly trained and me and him have had a great relationship. He was like he was a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. He used to go to libraries and like kids would read him books. Oh, adorable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and now he's just, like, the sweetest, sweetest man. Is he still a little ornery at times? <laughs> yes. He, he looks just like a little rug when you wake up. He was sleeping he over here last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Lumos, when I got my Dutch Shepherd, that came with a whole nother. That, I would say, through cash is, like, where I grew the most is just, like, a client and, like, a dog owner, mm-hmm. I would say. As like just a general dog owner, and then Lumos is who really grew me the most. Is just like a trainer aspect. I was given, I and again I was an adult. I take full responsibility for my choices and everything that I made. But I was I was given a lot of like guidance and direction on getting that high caliber of a dog way too soon in my dog training career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so when I got that dog, I and. No matter how much research you do and how ready you think you are to get a Dutch year amount while you're never actually ready until you've had to live with it and <laughs> deal with it all the time. Yeah. But especially really after bad. training professionally for three months yeah. and then I got that yeah. dog, um, I was like, and, and when I got him, at, he was like six months old when I got him and he was absolutely insane. Um, he was shipped to me from across the country mm-hmm. and everyone was warning me they're like oh when you ship dogs they're usually like kind of nervous and takes them to adapt a couple weeks because they were just in the dark for like 10 hours they don't know anybody blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. just being moved around the crate whatever mm-hmm. this dog the day that he got here was just like unfazed I brought him to the to the facility I worked at at the time. He busted out of the crate. He was running laps. He was oh jumping God. around, bouncing off the walls, biting things. We had, like, a toy rack on the wall. He ripped all the toys off of it. And I'm just standing there like, what have I done? <laughs> like, he was so unfazed. And I remember one of the other trainers at the time was like, well, he's definitely a, lot, a nervous dog. That's for sure. And I was like, yeah, he definitely is not. Um, yeah, and the bloodlines that he came from were, the more that I dug into it, once he matured and he went from, like, super social to hating everything in the matter of, like, a week to two weeks, (laughs) um, I then dug a little deeper on, like, his bloodlines and where he came from, because, again, I was just kind of told, like, get this dog, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I was like, okay, um, turns out that his, like, grandfather was a... A uh, police canine that got dishonorably discharged from the, the workforce for turning on like four separate canine handlers oh on the job because he was such a handler sensitive dog where it was like if you didn't have the skill set to handle him he knew that and he mm-hmm. said screw you essentially and so most of the time the puppies that came they bred him I would suppose with like a very even keel female kind of balanced itself mm-hmm. out a little bit and most of the time the puppies all turned out okay and then there were like those couple few in there that were like kind of <laughs> a little wonky like lumos and so like lumos is a very stable dog oh yeah he's just very confident assertive and dominant 
And um, so he was a lot of dog for me to handle at merely two to three months of experience training professionally at that point. So I made about every mistake you could possibly make. And he was my guinea pig. God bless him. Um, Got to start somewhere. I bled a lot. I cried a lot. <laughs> He's probably, I've gotten bit more by him than any other dog. Um, and I, I learned a lot. There are a million things when I look back that, of course, I would do differently now. Because I have way more experience now. But I wouldn't have that experience if I didn't do the things I did with him. You know what I mean? So it's like a catch-22. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then now with like Snoop, my chihuahua, he's my newest one. I feel like with him, I've really been able to take all of everything that I've learned and really be able to do everything as perfectly right as I could ever do with a dog with that puppy. And I think that... He's like the one that I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I finally got it right. Like, I, I look back on how I raised him. He's going to be two in March. Everything that I did and where he's at. I know, isn't that crazy? And everything. And I look back and I'm like, I don't think I would change anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I did everything the way that I would have wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Of course, with the knowledge I have now. Maybe right. ten years from now, I'll, I'll do mm -hmm. the same thing I'm doing with Lumos. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, it's like very rewarding. To, like, get a dog that you purposely get, you feel like you've done your knowledge and your research to get, that's, like, a really good starting point genetically, you know? And then being able to, you think, I think you probably feel that way with Pip, too, mm -hmm. you know? But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's kind of my, my little journey there. Yeah. What about you, Seamus? So, this is my first dog training facility or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, been here for, we were just talking before we started recording, three years, I think we said, right? Mm -hmm. What year did you start? I started in 2020, at the end of 2020, I think. Okay. Because um, it's right when the lockdown started, like... Yeah, lifting a lifting, little bit. Yeah, yeah, and so I started as a kennel tech, um, and then... Became a trainer, I think, maybe after like half a year of working or so, um, like six months or so, and then I've just been training ever since. So before that, though, I was working at the uh, Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, um, working in the that. yeah, working in animal care for there, oh, their cool. like education yeah department. That's scary. So that was <laughs> it was it was really fun, um, but. With the lockdown and everything, um, you know, luckily I was able to find a job continuing to work with animals, and so I had the opportunity to work here. Um, so I've been doing that ever since. But it's it was never I will say it was never like a job I was like growing up be like this is what I want to do, right? I feel like even when I was younger, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like besides yeah. Caesar, there was I was like that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. and, but then, obviously, like, you know, my, as long as I worked with animals, you know, that was really my only thing. Um, so, again, I was just, like, so fortunate to be able to find this and, and kind of evolve by working here. Um, this is the only place I've worked, but I've been fortunate enough to have people like you guys and stuff that, you know, 
have so many years of experience and have done different places and everything. So mm-hmm. it's, I feel like even though I've only been doing it for a few years, I feel like I've grown a lot in that time just from pulling experiences and stuff from you guys. Well, David um, is like really big about like expanding the knowledge base outside yeah. of Miracle too, mm-hmm. though, yeah. which is kind of nice because some companies are so like, this yeah, is what we do and that's way. it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he's always like encouraged like outside <clears throat> learning, like read mm-hmm. these books and listen to these trainers and these podcasts and all that kind of stuff. He gave me a book for Christmas as a season mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got one too. <laughs> <laughs> I've read some of it, okay? Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm not a huge reader, but I'm trying. Um, but that's, I mean, I, I obviously don't have as much experience as you, but um, I did work with my Australian shepherd, Sully, here as well. I started when he was, or I guess he started training when he was eight months old. Um, and even though I was working here, like it's a kennel tech, I was still technically a client there as well, you know, mm-hmm. in that, the client perspective, right? Um, which was also kind of nice to kind of see that a little bit as well. Um, and then, you know, now he's, he's working on himself. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been, it's been a good, it's been a good time so far, but that's really the amount of my experience, I would say probably in the dog training world, but, um, well, you can't, like, it's not like you can get more experience any quicker than just doing it. Right, yeah, and that's <laughs> what know? I mean, so yeah. it's like, I'm, like, trying to think if there's anything else. But yeah, well, that's why it's, like, you know, well, of course you have, you don't have as much experience as me, because, like, I've just been doing it longer, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think the level of, like, I think someone's skill set and their level of experience can be different. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that... You know, for the most part, all of our skill sets are very similar. It's just that, like, if you've been training for more years, you have more, like, experiences of application to, like, pull from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and I think that's where I find so much help from, like, you guys, is that I'm able to gain those, like, experiences or whatever from you by, like... You know, I'm struggling with a dog, yeah, and you're like, oh, well, I've done this before with this dog, or I've had this problem before, so you're just like, I'm picking up on those things that maybe you had a struggle through, yeah, but now know how to do it, so now you can just pass on me, we can kind of like fast track it. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Less So thank you for struggling. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have to, so I don't have to, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. What about, what about you, Bridget? Um... Well, I'm Bridget. <laughs> I've been with Miracle for about going on four years now. Um, I came from a shelter background, so working in multiple shelters in both Cuyahoga and Summit County. Um, I've got a lot of experience working with some pretty brutal dogs, um, a lot of aggressive dogs, a lot of abuse cases. So I kind of grew up in shelter work, um, which is very hard. Um, I saw what made me want to particularly really do training is starting to see the disconnect between, like you said with Cash, like their mindset is if the dog has a big enough issue, it just gets euthanized. Um, and to be very clear, I do think there's a time and place for behavior euthanasia. I'm not saying that 
that is wrong, but it was happening so often and so much, and dogs that you would, like, fall in love with, you come back next week and you're like, oh, they snapped at somebody because they gave them a kiss on the face, so the dog was dead. Um, so seeing that big disconnect, I wanted to be a part of something positive to change it, um, and I started at Miracle a couple months after we opened and started as a kennel tech and got really interested in training and starting to see the changes it could make um, in a dog. Particularly, I was remember giving a dog a bath and it was like having a very rough time having that bath. And David walked over and like worked his David magic and the dog was completely calm in the tub a couple moments later and I was like, wow. Um, so seeing the big changes that that could make really drew me in. Um, and I luckily got an opportunity to learn under David to be a trainer. Um, I was previously in board and trained, but have since moved to one-on-one -on -one, and I've really enjoyed my time and lessons. Um, I grew up raising German short hair pointers, so high drive dog, uh, maybe not in the same sense as a, a Dutch or a Mal, but... I'm still pretty crazy. Yeah. The little crackheads. Yes. <laughs> they're up there with them. They, they're underestimated yeah. by how insane they really are sometimes. They are insane and like uh, we responsibly bred and bred them for um, sale and be, to be hunting dogs. So I was in the hunting world, duck hunting particularly, and I just loved watching the dogs be able to run in the fields of Utah and Colorado. And my first introduction was e-collar was with recall training. Um, and to see how positively impactful that could be on a dog, just to be able to be a dog. Um, as in cities like Cleveland or where I grew up in Maryland, it was just very restrictive. Dogs were always on leashes. Um, so what really drew me in was my experience with shelter dogs and seeing the difference it could make when dogs just allowed to be a dog. Mm. and run be free. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have that trust, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it is really underestimated. Like, yeah. uh, people really kind of do dogs a disservice by putting labels on them. Um, as you were saying, like, some people just aren't experienced enough to work with a dog, and that was happening a lot in the shelter. Um, it was a game of favorites, so if the behavioral team liked a dog that no matter what that dog did, even if it was dangerous behavior, would be kind of grandfathered in and not put down. Uh, we use a lot of hot dogs to control a lot of behavior. I, at, for a, a brief moment in time, was strictly positive only trainer um, and quickly saw that that wasn't excelling a lot of the dogs. And the shelters that I was involved with were very strictly anti-tool. Um, so the decision to leave those shelters was extremely rough. Um, and I got into fostering and rescue, which is why I ended up with a million dogs. Um, Bless your heart. I was going to yeah. ask, how many dogs do you have? You know, yeah. Lost count. Yeah, I lost count a while ago. But when I left the shelter, I felt this need to like compensate for not being in the shelter world anymore. So I fostered all these dogs. And then... In some cases, they'd be like, yeah, this dog is just not going to make it. We're not going to push through adoption. And I was like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, particularly with Sunday. Crazy, craziest oh, dog really? I've ever met. <laughs> um, 
don't think she's on the euthanasia list, but she was very, very difficult of a dog, um, and it would have likely been returned to shelter yeah. um, if she had... Or she would have just run away and never been found again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, the, the woman that was fostering her said she had never, ever seen Sunday go to the bathroom outside, and she was like, this dog is nuts, and she brought the dog to my house, the Sunday came in the house, knocked over a china cabinet with like <laughs> my grandmother's fine china shattered oh, no. it everywhere Ugh. and then peed on the floor and i was like wow i want her <laughs> that's my girl that's my yeah. girl that's her yeah. that's her right there she probably never saw her poop outside because she eats it so I fast know. <laughs> she probably Honestly. was yeah. She'd but. just, like, eat it. She'd just go for it as it's coming out. Oh. Yeah. Soft serve ice cream Gross. right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's a disgusting little girl. Uh, but She's now, a disgusting little girl. She is. And I have... Don't talk about Snoop's girlfriend like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay? Sorry, sorry. Like, she loves him. Um, <laughs> but I put uh, blood, sweat, into tears into that dog. And I get to reap the benefits of consistency. And seeing... She's by no means perfect, but she's a pretty well-behaved dog she's like cash where it's like yeah. something where it's like i would never think that that yeah that was kind of her background unless you lived with her she is. yes right i mm. guess yes and she's an excellent dog now uh with all of her obedience and just seeing how far a dog could come uh that was my experience with like a higher drive dog not to the mm-hmm. caliber of lumos of, of yeah. course but to start to see that shift what's well, a different her. type of drive yeah. yeah. Her drive, I would say, for a beagle is high mm-hmm. in the aspect that Lumos's drive for a duchy is high, but like they're just different types of drive. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Sundays in no means like bitey or mouthy or aggressive, but if there is food, she will figure out how to steal it um, or get into it. So yeah. if we live a pretty, uh, a life with a lot of monitoring and management. And that yeah. works for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how I got into like dog training in the dog world. And I've really enjoyed my time here. Um, I think I've worked in the dog industry and I've worked at daycares. And I can confidently say that Miracle is full of very compassionate people. And people that actually love to be here and love what they're doing. In the previous places, there was a lot of toxicity amongst the staff and a lot of fighting um, so this is the only place I felt like I have friends here, and it's just been really an amazing journey to be a part of Miracle. It feels like like it, it truly exists for the purpose of like helping dogs and people mm-hmm. in just a business format. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't feel like, oh, like I, I want to like own and run a business and like I'll just use this vehicle mm-hmm. to do that. A lot of places that I've been involved with felt like that. Yeah. It was like, I just wanted to run or own a business and like this was trendy or popular or accessible at the time to just like make a dog training. Yeah. Um, and they're just disconnected from it where it's like, it feels like it's like driven by like the actual passion behind it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, and then we're also running a business yeah. type of thing. You know, I think that obviously you can't, there has to be an aspect to it that is about business type mm-hmm. stuff, but like, I don't ever feel like I'm restricted in my ability to help people mm-hmm. because of like, oh, well, we have to do this financially or this, this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just feels different. And even like, like obviously like 
us as trainers, we we love dogs and we, we want to help them. That's kind of our purpose. But even going down to like like even with like the kennel techs and stuff, like mm -hmm. they even are so passionate with loving the dogs that are here oh, yeah. and helping them and you know with whatever they need, whether it's enrichment or going to the bathroom, walks, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something as well that I think is kind of like unique. You know, it's not just a, a kennel tech job that you're just coming in to, to clean crates or whatever. Yeah. Like you, they, they actually enjoy helping the dogs as well, you know, yeah. when they can. Yeah. Um, which I think is not really nice as well. We have like an excellent team right now. and Yeah, we got a good crew. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, you might see a new face here, and that's our newest trainer, Senny. Senny! Yay! 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 Had your dog within our board and train program with the last several months. Mm -hmm. Senny's likely been uh, heading a lot of your dog's training, so we have her here, and we want to give her the opportunity to introduce herself and talk about what she's excited for in the training world. Thanks, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Jasenia, um, aka Sunny. Mostly go by Sunny because my first name is pretty difficult to say or pronounce. Um, um, I started as a kennel tech um, probably about it was like the end of May in two thousand and twenty-one, um, and I was kennel teching for about a year and a half. And um, I did have a German Shepherd, or I do have a German Shepherd named Coda. Um, he was a very big pain in the ass. <laughs> he, like, I was literally nervous to take him out by myself mm -hmm. because he was very reactive towards people and especially dogs. Like, he, he just was just never around them, so that's kind of just how he reacted. And um, I was kind of like... This life kind of really sucks, and I really want to like be able to do something about it. And after being a kennel tech for a year and a half, um, David asked me to be a board and train trainer. So I've been doing that for about a couple of months. I'd say end of December was when I started, and um, it's been very awesome. It's um, nice to experience new things being in the dog world because just being like a kennel type, you kind of just see um, like your one-on-ones, you do little socials and stuff like that. So I kind of had like a lot of experience to be able to feel confident in wanting to be a dog trainer and seeing how like the big difference of like where my dog Coda came from um, I was, I just wanted to be able to help other dogs that have the same issues and um, being able to feel accomplished, like, mm -hmm. in that aspect, but... Um, it's very rewarding. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it is. is. Especially, like, when a dog comes in, it's just, like, very reactive, you can't even touch them, mm -hmm. and then by the time they leave, it's just, like, nothing ever happened, yeah. they're perfect little angels, and, mm -hmm. yeah, so... Um, Anything else I'm missing? <laughs> You're killing it so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely really loving this job. Like Seamus said, you never, you grow up to being like, not thinking that this is like a thing. But now that I was like here for a while, I was like, I, th I think I could do this. Like yeah. it's kind of, it's a learning experience like dance. I came from dance before. I was a hip hop dancer. And um, it's kind of like you have to like train and train and train and train and train to be not like perfection, but like to 
your expectation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, you have kind of that, because I was a ballet dancer, <clears throat> so I get that too, where it's like, you're constantly chasing, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that goal, mm-hmm. which it's is so hard, pretty but... unattainable, yeah. let's be honest, especially in dance, but, like, it builds a very, like, strong work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. of, like, and you learn how to compete against yourself, yeah, more than anything, mm-hmm. which just pushes you to, like, get better and better, right, because um, I'm a very, I would consider myself a very competitive person, yeah, but not necessarily yeah. in, in, reference to like other people like I don't look at you guys as like competition mm-hmm. I look at like myself yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like okay every you know year I want to get better and better and better mm-hmm. as, as like what I'm doing and stuff like that yeah, of course that's what I'm I'm trying to do but it's only been a couple of months but I'm trying <laughs> you're doing no, great, you're doing great. Thanks, you, guys. you either like I hate to say you either have it or you don't have it in this industry but very early on, I knew that you had it in you. Like, your work ethic has been incredible. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's really nice to start to see, like, you learning and growing in that mm-hmm. role, too. Well, it's kind of like you, I don't know, for as long as I've been doing this and seeing, like, new trainers starting out, mm-hmm. you can kind of pinpoint who's going to exactly take it and run and who's going to just fizzle out yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And I think it's like like, camel tucks. That's kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, The the gruffness of this job. Yeah, it's rigorous and hard, and some people have the personality for it, and others don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The easy dogs are fun. The hard dogs are the ones that can that can break some people. That's that's kind of where you're (laughs) learning too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But but those are also the most rewarding dogs. You know, the ones that are hard. Yeah. That's why it is so rewarding because Mm -hmm. it's. Because you get people that don't know what they're doing, really, and, you know, the mm-hmm. owners have been through three trainers and stuff that they haven't been able to help, and so then that's even more rewarding, you know, to be to be able to be that voice for the dog, mm-hmm. to be like, okay, the last this stop. is what they actually need, yeah. yeah. I want to be your last stop. Yes. yes. The last stop, and that's okay. it, to fully enjoying your dog for the rest of their lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I ever mention that Coda got trained here? You no, you mentioned like you insinuated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did training with David. Yeah, I I did a a couple of lessons with David, and um, we did. He was very poorly on the leash, which probably caused his reactivity because he thought that he was alpha. But Mm -hmm. no. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. After I was um, I trained him, and I was trying to just keep up with his stuff because. Like I said, I was like literally shaking and nervous, like trying to take him outside yeah. because I knew other people. I was living in an apartment complex this time, so of course people are going to be walking in and out all the time. With and they allow dogs, so other people were going to have dogs. Mm-hmm. And just by like the way he reacted, I was just like so embarrassed that yeah. like I knew it was my responsibility, but like at the same time, I'm kind of like why is he like this? But, like, now that I'm, like, here in in the dog world and learning about things and, like, learning how, like, things come together and how they, like, Mm -hmm. express itself, it's very different. There's a lot of things that I had to learn and still learning, but Mm -hmm. I I love it here. Yeah. It's nice. No, and you've done a good job with it. (laughs) I mean, he's awesome now. He's come quite a long way, that's for sure. Yeah, he has. He's still a little whiny, but but <laughs> that's my boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that brings up a good point too. I feel like a lot of people get 
they, they get really embarrassed of their dog, mm -hmm. and so they they choose to almost kind of put the Band-Aid over it mm -hmm. rather than just ask the questions, you mm -hmm. know? And, yeah. and even sometimes, you know, you, we, you guys are talking about this with the one-on-one -on -one sometimes, that they come in the first or second lesson, they're they're almost scared to open up to you yeah. to tell them like what their actual issues are or whatever. There's because some mean trainers so, out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like <laughs> right. And it's it's something that that is this is should not be a career where you are like trying to make the yeah. owners feel bad. They're coming to you for the help. You have to like Exactly. And I think again that's why why we make such a good team is that mm. we all kind of have that unspoken understanding where it's just like we're, we're here to help you yeah know, we, we want you to open up and the only way we you know we can really help and get to the bottom of some of these issues is if you let us know yeah. you know um one so thing that i like love really is that i genuinely have never heard any of you or david or anybody like talk negatively about a client mm -hmm. in a way of like oh like you know they just they should, they're just doing all this wrong. Like, I've never, I've, I feel like it's such a uplifting environment where, mm -hmm. like, we truly, like, value and care about the people that, like, come to us for help. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how there's some places, like, I felt, I felt about this way for a lot of time. Sometimes, you know how you leave places and you're like, well, they're talking shit about me right now. I yeah. just know it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like whether like honestly sometimes I felt that way about like tattoo shops yeah. or like salons sometimes or things like that where like you go somewhere it's kind of vulnerable yeah you know what I mean and then you leave and you're like okay yeah they're definitely talking shit right now and you yeah. just like feel embarrassed <laughs> and you never want to go back like yeah. I I'm like very proud to say that like that doesn't happen here yeah, you know what I mean. Like we're, it, I would never expect any of that from any of you, which is really nice. Very empathetic place to work. Yeah, like we're all very empathetic of the struggles that people go through with their dog, mm -hmm. and not judging people. I think is really, really nice that we're we're about that life. Um, yeah, and that we're able to help the person because it could be an issue that we've seen five hundred million times. But that person is isolated within that feeling, feeling lost, and they don't have direction. And being able to be a part of giving the person the tools to be confident has just been, like, astounding part of the growth here. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think a, a, another important thing, even just, like, going over all our kind of stories and stuff, is we've all been there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, yeah. it's not like we're, <laughs> it's not like our dogs are perfect, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's something else that I think that gets a little, like, skewed sometimes from other trainers is that they just they make this whole thing that their dogs are, are perfect and it's they like never had an issue and, from. right right yeah. and it's like, very much we're just like oh, we want to help you because we know what it's like to have a yeah. frustrating you know experience with a dog you know yeah. like or you know or feel embarrassed or you know like whatever it may be have an aggressive dog have a dog that just really likes to eat yeah. you know it's something where you know it's something that you know we've all been there so yeah um i think that's another kind of important thing with that you know is just as an owner just knowing or you know that a client knowing that we've been there and we understand that so we can be sympathetic you know and mm -hmm. yeah with understanding that but very difficult uh, as you're starting your training process like and always being cognizant of everybody's going through something that you know nothing about so if you can be kind 
to mm -hmm. everybody all the time. That's just such a game changer. And yeah. you put kindness out in the world and you get kindness back. So mm -hmm. yeah. luckily I feel like our clients, I have like some of the best clients ever. I don't have an issue with anybody. I feel really, really grateful to have such a great client base. Mm -hmm. Okay, gifts on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> My clients Christmas keep me week. fed. And yeah. I love it. I love being They're always fed. bringing me sour candies. <laughs> yeah. Love those sour That's candies. Nice. That's so mm -hmm. cute. Cookies. Future clients out there. Everybody oh. likes your candy. I love my sour candies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> my teeth don't, but I love them. Yes. I love chihuahua puppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to drop one of those off. Oh, <laughs> What is, um, what's your guys' favorite activities to do with your own dogs? Like your personal mm. dogs? If you have a day off, what are you doing with your dog? Off-leash hike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love a good off-leash hike to see my dog be a dog and, like, yeah. run and smell and forage and sniff mm -hmm. and just be happy. Yeah. For sure. That, that's that's got to be it. You know, I I live pretty close to, to Edgewater, and so it's, it's very convenient that I can just take Sully down there and everything. So having him be able to, you know, to have that trust with other joggers, dogs, all that stuff going around and mm -hmm. still be able to just go even just on a walk with him or have him run around in the field a little bit, mm -hmm. working on those recalls with some fetch and everything, you know, um, that's probably, that's probably our go-to activity or just, you know, or like a mm -hmm. hike in the Metro parks, yeah. um, to have a little bit more alone time, but yeah. I have a, a little spot that I take um, Coda to the Metro Parks. Kind of like, I say in the cut, because you can't, it's like, literally, you have to be down the street to like see it, to turn yeah. down there. Mm -hmm. So it's like a part in the Metro Parks where there's like a pavilion, it's like a picnic area. Yeah. And then there's a big field behind it. Oh, and cool. he kind of just, he knows every time we're in the Metro Parks, he just starts, <laughs> and I'm like, I already know, you know where you are. Just wait a second. He's just pumped. It's yeah. not gonna make me go any faster. Yeah. yeah. And he he I always try to I always play fetch with him because he loves balls. Mm -hmm. And I have like that little chuck it thing where oh, it yeah. goes like miles. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do with him. Or maybe just doing off leash healing because he needs to work on that a little bit. Maybe like just doing little training sessions here and there just to yeah. touch him up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lumos loves to swim. So Aww. if the weather permits swimming, <laughs> really? oh, he loves swimming. Wow. If I take him to the couple places that I take him to swim, as soon as he gets out of the car, he goes, <laughs> his whole body just starts shaking oh and his eyes get all big and I'm like oh my gosh um, so he now loves that swimming like yes <laughs> he loves swimming uh, he also loves off leash hiking mm -hmm. we go on an off leash hike at least once a week any weather rain shine we're mm -hmm. doing it um, he also loves to run while I roller skate so again if the weather's nice in the summer like he puts his little boots on mm -hmm. <laughs> And we go roller skating, and he'll run for, like, five miles Jeez. and, like, nothing. <laughs> he gets home, and he's like, we're going to go again. <laughs> um, so he loves all that. Because he had his, uh, he blew out his knee a little bit a few years ago, and he had to have surgery and stuff. Like, we don't do Frisbee anymore. He loved Frisbee, but we don't do that because no jumping and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he can still play ball and everything. I just got to watch, like, the high-impact stuff yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. swimming's real good for him and stuff now at this point yeah, mm -hmm. 
Um, cause he's nine, so his body is old, but his brain never gets old yeah. with those dogs. So. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was like four. <laughs> no, yeah. he's nine. He's learning so much about your dogs. Is he nine or ten? Vinny? Vinny's almost Vinny's ten, ten now, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, ten. Ten. yeah they're both Bellier. crazy. They both look young, though. Um, <laughs> Snoop, he loves to do weight pull. That's his oh, activity. That. Yeah, yeah, that's Snoop. his activity. He's a little bodybuilder, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he does look pretty jacked. He is. He is a muscular man, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. Yeah, so I think those are our favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. Snoop also loves off leash hiking, though, too. (laughs) Yeah. I like even like work, I know you work with a lot of free shaping with Snoop for Mm -hmm. tricks and stuff. Yeah. That is, I've been doing a lot of that lately and to see the wheels turning in Pip. Like, Mm -hmm. how to get what she wants by doing the desired behavior is so cute because you get to see them, like, problem solve a little bit. Yeah, and their confidence just, like, through the roof. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little video you posted of her with the little, like, cave, like, cat bed I gave you, and her little legs were just, like, boop. (laughs) She She gets, like, so frustrated because she gets in the bed. She's, like, where the hell is my tree? And I'm, like, not quite, little lady. And she's, like, pulls her clothes. Now can I have it? It's so cute. I love it. Well, that's just going off of the whole we're trainer kind of thing is another thing was all of our favorite activities include some sort of practice, training, mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah. It's their favorite activity, yeah. so we do it, but yeah. we're still, again, incorporating some structure mm-hmm. and rules into allowing them to do it. Right? I was going to say, we'd never be able to do any of the stuff we just said yeah. if yeah. they weren't trained. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of it. And it took mm-hmm. a blood, sweat, tears, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. to work through a lot of the issues with our dogs, but part of dog ownership is adapting to a training lifestyle that can be mm-hmm. you can be consistent with and that can lead you to have a more open life with your dog so yeah for sure training is certainly not restrictive um, at first we might need to put boundaries but look at where we all are with mm-hmm. our dogs yeah. they're able to have a good free life and they have excellent lives and excellent owners as well as us we yeah. can breathe we can relax a little bit more than probably oh, when sure. we started with our dogs yeah. so <laughs> yeah yeah. Not worry that Lumos is gonna like rip someone's face off yeah, at any given yeah. moment. That's kind of a convenient thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or my own, for that matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice having a face, you know. Yeah. I can't wait to one day eventually maybe get another duchy and do it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Take feel like feel like I did with that dog how I did with Snoop. Mm-hmm. Feel like okay, I feel good about this. Mm-hmm. Feel I can honor Lumos. I think by. Yeah. Going back and doing it the right way with the level of experience that I need at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely but, have another GSP. Yeah, yeah. I could time. see you with one of those. I, I love a good high drive hunting yeah. dog. I could definitely see that. What What other dog would you want to get eventually, Seamus? Is there any breeds that like <sighs> pique your interest? Um, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always loved like. Um, our Burmese mountain dog. Yeah. Don't know yeah. if it's something I would ever get. I could see you with one of those. Yeah, you like yeah. the fluffy dog, I Yeah. Like. You do. Yeah, I definitely do. I, um... I could see My it. thing is now just, again, having experience with seeing certain dogs and everything and, and going into it with a more intelligent mindset of let me pick 
an actually an appropriate dog for what I would be, yeah. what my lifestyle fits rather yeah. than just being like, oh, well, I like this dog, so I'm just going to get it. You know what exactly. I mean? So I, I would love to have that dog. I don't know if it's the dog for me, but, um, but that would probably be my go-to if it, if it yeah. were to ever fit my lifestyle, I think. Or just my Australian Shepherds. Honestly, growing <laughs> up, I, it was one of those things where it's like I didn't even, I didn't even know, like, I feel like Australian Shepherds weren't as popular kind of as they are now. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they were, and I just didn't know it, but they got real trendy. Yeah, but now I'm like, I love these things. But, yeah, so I love these obviously, things. obviously very biased <laughs> because yeah. of Sully. But every girl that wears Uggs and lives in an apartment has an Aussie. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, and I've, yeah, and I've been it's able to miserable. fortunately <laughs> right? be able to train a lot of Aussies too, mm-hmm. and I've loved every single one of them too. Yeah, so. they're great dogs. Not all of them have loved me, but you know, it's all right. <laughs> but. Anyways. All dogs walk again. Sunny, say your dogs. Yeah, say your dogs. Um, we got time. Okay. I have, well, I do want to get a Border Collie. I could see you with a Border Collie. They're very, 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 very smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're crazy, but yeah, they A Border Collie smart. would annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. But Godspeed. Yeah. But I do, I did want a mountain wall, mm-hmm. but I know consequences behind that. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of lazy, so like I just, I mean, yeah, at least I'm yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, you I could would, do I it. Go. You could do it. Mm-hmm. I'd wait a little longer. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you the advice no one gave me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like in five years. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> yep. I did want a Rottweiler. I did want. A German short hair pointer, but we had a couple of those, and I was like, maybe I don't want one of those anymore. <laughs> and it's just crazy how like dogs act because of their breed. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like people are like, oh, I'm gonna get this dog because they're so pretty, but then they don't know. Yeah, the, the genetics yeah. drives the behavior like 75 percent of the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And then it just runs the whole thing, and it's kind of like where what you guys were talking about putting down dogs because yeah. mm-hmm. people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And don't know how to deal with it. I just saw a video of a Malinois puppy that was uh, 12 weeks old and was in a bike quarantine. Because it already bit somebody. What? Yeah. So it's 12 like... 12 weeks? First of all, like, was it probably just puppy biting at the intensity of a Malinois puppy? Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But because it's a Malinois and you don't know what you're doing, yeah. the owners just dropped it off at a shelter and were like, it bites us nonstop, so yeah. we don't want it anymore. Genetics obviously has a big role, but so does environment, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, for and sure. That's... Well, and anybody who, and that's kind of a, I was, <laughs> I got into this discussion on a post earlier today. I was talking to you about it, mm-hmm. how um, a lot of people will blame breeders for stuff like that, mm-hmm. for selling dogs to people mm-hmm. that shouldn't have them. Any responsible ethical breeder is not doing that. Mm-mm. They're not doing that. Like, even to get That's my chihuahua, I had to go to this process. exclusive interview, signed a contract. I could yep. get sued yep. if I don't give Snoop back to her or something. Like, it's like this whole thing. And especially with high-quality working breeds like Malinois and shit, no breeder who cares about the working integrity of their dog is going to give it to somebody who's just going to mm-hmm. let it rot yeah. and not live up to its potential. We, yeah, we wouldn't sell like, a, a dog to somebody that wasn't in sporting. Exactly. Sporting. It's, 
JSPs, they're not pets. Yeah. 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 I so. feel like when people get a dog, they think that they're just going to grow up into this perfect little angel just because they're yeah. a yeah. dog and they yeah. kind of just have like a stereotype. Just because but, they'll cuddle them and give yeah. them treats and all that and stuff. And it's their dog and right. it's just, they, they see it like their real self and then they're well, they like, like oh, I can't project this, this picture of the dog they want yeah. but then yeah. don't get the dog that will actually fit that mm -hmm. they just think that any dog that they get is just going to automatically fit that box yeah. Yeah. which a lot of the times it doesn't unfortunately like does that happen with um therapy dogs or like yeah. service dogs Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, people, there's, I mean, it's died down a little bit, thankfully, I think with education, but there was a big boom, I'd say probably like three, four years ago of people just pulling any dog from anywhere and being like, I'm going to train it to be my service dog mm -hmm. yeah. and like self-training service dogs. And it's like, you, <laughs> there's a reason that service dogs cost like 10 to 30 grand. Mm -hmm. It's because they are being specifically bred mm -hmm. um, from bloodlines that mm -hmm. produce the high quality nerves, stability, temperament, intelligence, working capabilities that you need. And then on top of that, they're going through absurdly extensive training for whatever type of service they're providing. So like, you can't just go pull a pit bull out of a shelter and be like, here's my service dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And then beyond that, like the litters that they produce for service dogs, you could have nine out of 10 of those puppies wash out and not even make it anyways. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's wow. like, even like within that, like restrictive of breeding and um, selectiveness, like you could still have a whole litter that maybe doesn't work. You or know? Dogs that like, they're like, particular in seizure it's like a scent almost yeah and yeah. some dogs are capable of having that scent or having yeah. that sixth sense if you will yeah and then others just just aren't they are not born with that yeah um and service dogs are task trained so they're trained to do a task they're not trained to emotionally yeah. support us oh it's yeah different well and that's what's a lot of it i think was driven by like emo the emotional psychiatric support that people were looking for mm -hmm. but like to find a dog that could provide psychiatric service work, I think is even beyond the most difficult because mm -hmm. you imagine the dog, I mean, uh, dogs are so absorbent of our energy and of our emotions regardless. That's why most of them have the issues that they do <laughs> just in regular life. So imagine getting a dog specifically to support you emotionally and mentally like that dog needs to be a freaking rock. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. no average dog is going to be able to absorb that and be like, let's keep trucking and mm. not have any fallout yeah. <laughs> on their own from that, you know? Absolutely. So yes, the genetics definitely matter. All of that to say, maybe we'll get into that next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> topic. Yeah, yeah. We could do that. So that's so, us. That's us. Yes. That's us. Um, Glad to be serving the Cleveland area with our dog training expertise. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Ask your questions if you ever have Sign them. up for training. Yeah. yeah. Get one of us. Come see us. Yeah. Hang out. Mm -hmm. Buy some candy. You know? I love, I love candy. Be a great time. <laughs> 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 All right. Wrap it up. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you guys.